Right now, let's talk movies with Dom Corey, who's with me in studio. Hi, Dom. Hi, Jesse. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you feeling about this writer's strike? Is there any sign of an uh, impasse? Uh, it doesn't seem to be coming together anytime soon. Hang on, my, yeah, my question didn't make sense. Are we at an impasse? Yeah, I, I, we, the impasse sustains. And <laughs> um, from a viewer's perspective, I want this to go on for a very long time. So we can all catch up. Yeah. Yeah. From a labour perspective, I have different opinions. Yeah. But the studios don't seem to get it. They don't seem to th- understand there's this, there's this fundamental uh, disagreement about, you know, what creating art is. And mm. that, that is the foundational aspect of movies and television. And, and the studios are like, no, 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 it's just content. You're not really that important, <laughs> people who write and make it and perform yeah. it. And uh, it's it's fascinating. It's unprecedented. And I, I really hope that the... The guilds stand strong and, and don't, um, you know, I'm sort of stealing myself for them to suddenly announce next week that they met them halfway or something. Yeah. This is such an inflection point, especially with the AI stuff and just the idea that that the people who make the stuff matter at all. Uh, that seems to be an idea that the studios don't want to embrace. Yeah. And all very well if you're um, making $20 million a film, right? And you could probably afford a few months off work, but there must be lots of people over there struggling at the moment. Yeah, and it's even impacted here, you know, with uh, foreign productions here. Uh, it's, it's Yeah, I don't mean to be glib about it. It's a huge, huge, huge amount of uh, financial pressure on a lot of people, but uh, it is a very, very important uh, cause and, as I said, a huge inflection point that I really hope doesn't go the wrong way. Thank you. What have you been watching in action with Denzel Washington? Yeah, The Equalizer 3, uh, starring Denzel Washington. I did not see The Equalizer 2. <laughs> I interviewed Denzel for The Equalizer 1. Yeah? But I couldn't tell you a single thing that happened in it. I imagine that he's a pretty impressive gentleman face-to-face. That was a phoner, unfortunately. Oh. Uh, but he, this TV show was a big deal in New Zealand in the 80s, I think, the Edward Woodward TV show. I can remember big ads in that old oversized listener for <laughs> <or> The Equalizer. <laughs> Maybe early 80s. I don't remember The Equalizer. You don't? I feel like it was quite popular here. It was like one of those shows that was maybe more popular here than elsewhere, yeah. like MacGyver. <laughs> yeah. uh, but uh, this is, he's, it's a general vigilante vibe. He's an ex-sort of CIA operative type who can do anything and helps helps out strangers. And this, this film takes place entirely in Italy, which is kind of surprising. Mm. And also a place I'm flying to next week. I'm not sure oh, how I feel about that. Exciting. Yes. I'm... But uh, yeah, this is just a pure action star vehicle for Denzel Washington. It's the kind of film that we used to get a lot of. We don't get a lot of anymore. So I found myself appreciating it more. It's an efficient version of this kind of film. It reads the Taken sequels for filth. It's not a million miles away from that. Compared to those films, it's a, it's a bit grittier, incredibly violent. It, it's Denzel taking on the Kimura, basically. And it has the structure of a western where he ends up in this small village. What are the, is the Kimura like another name for the mafia? It's kind of the modern version of it, oh. yeah. And he's this guy who falls in love with this little town and then finds out that they're under pressure from local organized crime and deals to a lot of people. It's There's a lot of contradictions in this film. There's this wonderful scene where he's walking around this beautiful coastal uh, uh, cliffside village and he, a little town, Altamonte, and he's sort of having these wonderful moments of bonding with the people and meeting the old folks and having a nice cappuccino mm. and stuff. And you're just thinking, man, he's going to stab so many people in the face. <laughs> and, yeah, it's amazingly violent. I I went in not to 
uh, excited to see this, and I had a grand old time. Oh, good. It's it's just the kind of film that Hollywood doesn't make a huge amount of anymore, and it's nice to see a super efficient, entertaining, and as I said, very violent version of this kind of thing. And Denzel's star power, it's just a vehicle for him. The character makes no sense whatsoever. The <laughs> plot makes no sense whatsoever. But you just watch Denzel do anything, and he's just great at it. And I love Southern Italy. Is there plenty of Southern Italy in it? Yeah, the the, the locations here are gorgeous. And it starts off in Sicily and yeah. ends up in Southern Italy. And kind of, I can't remember a film like this that, you know, took place in this part of the world. So I, I appreciate it for that. And as I said, it doesn't sort of have that um, chintzy quality that the Taken sequels have, which do mostly take place in Europe as well. And... I just thought it was an efficient, good, uh, relatively gritty, studio star-led action thriller. Nice. And people will know whether they're in the mood for that or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a, there's a bit, them. though, where he, in the opening scene where he stabs a guy through the eye with a gun oh. and then uses that gun to shoot a guy behind <laughs> the guy through the back of the guy's head. <laughs> Because the because the triggers still it gives you an idea of the kind of it's stuff. like an afternoon brainstorm in the writers' room, right? Yeah, I was I was impressed by okay. that. <laughs> Thank you. That one's the Equalizer Three. How about Scrapper? Scrapper is a wonderful little British independent dramedy about um, a young girl who's twelve years old. She lives in the estates in East London, and her mother has died. She's kind of tricked social services into thinking that she's been looked after by her uncle but she doesn't have one she's just kind of quite self-possessed and self-reliant and then her father who she's never met before who's like an Ibiza party boy (laughs) shows up and just to kind of try and perform some token gesture towards uh, paternity and (laughs) it's one of those films where you know exactly what heartstrings it's going to tug at but it still does it very efficiently. The little girl in this is amazing. Harris Dickinson, who plays the father, is a rising young British actor, most recently in um, Triangle of Sadness, which mm. he was great in. And I loved Scrapper. It's a nice little sub-90-minute film. Uh, is she a West Ham fan, or is that Aston Villa? I didn't. I, I, I keep so trying to identify the, the, the football yeah. jersey she's wearing in the entire film. But it's blue vest and crimson uh, sleeves. Yeah, and there was a film that came out last year called After Sun that was also about a father-daughter relationship that a lot of people have compared this to. This is a bit lighter than that. It's it's got a hint of uh, magical realism to it. She's sort of Mm -hmm. you see the you see the world through her eyes in a lot of ways, and I just absolutely adored it. If you don't cry watching this movie. You are not Something human. Yeah. yeah, it's it, as I said, no real surprises there, but two wonderful lead performances, uh, a, a setting that we usually associate with grim kitchen sink realities, but in this, it, it has a, a romance to it, and I couldn't recommend Scrapper enough. Thank you. And then a French film to finish with, The Innocent. You're not going to France too, are you? I am. Oh, come on. What part of France? Uh, Paris. Hmm. The World Cup's on though. It's going to be weird. Yeah. Uh, this yeah, the is the only New Zealander who was disappointed they're going to be in Paris at the same time as the Rugby World Cup. <laughs> yeah. I feel like Aston Villa and West Ham both have the same jersey. Have I got that wrong, guys? Anyway, it's purple vest or crimson vest and blue sleeves, and I don't know which one. She, if you want to have a look at the official trailer of Scrapper and let us know, it's not important at all. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it is to those people. Yeah. Uh, the Innocent played at the recent French Film Festival here and was one of the, the more popular films. 
there, kind of one of the breakout films. It's written, directed, and starring uh, Louis Garrel, who's one of the top young uh, male stars in France. And over the last few years, he's been making these films in which he always plays a character named Abel, and they're kind of autobiographical films. And they're the kind of films that other countries sort of don't make in that they're it's this is kind of a comedy it's kind of a farce but it's also about kind of serious stuff he plays a a man whose mother is an acting teacher at a prison and when she has a romance with one of the inmates he gets really paranoid about what influence this guy is going to have on his mother (laughs) and starts following him around after he gets out and is convinced that bad stuff's going to happen then kind of gets mixed up in some of that stuff himself in real life, Louis Garrel's mother was an acting teacher who taught inmates in a prison. So you can see how he's taking elements of his, his real life. And, and this was something of a hit in France, I understand. Uh, Noémie Melon, who was in Portrait of a Lady on Fire, is the female lead, and she's fantastic. She won uh, Best Supporting Actress at the César Awards, which is the French Oscars. And I, I really enjoyed The Innocent. It's As I said, it's kind of hard to characterize because... It sort of presents as a crime comedy, but like most French stuff, it's got some serious concerns under the under the surface, and it ends up being quite dramatic. And but you laugh along the way, and Louis Garrel's an interesting talent. And yeah, I, I enjoyed The Innocent. Thank you. What are you going to do in Paris? Um, <clears throat> not sure yet. We'll see. Just walk around. Okay. Sounds good. You have a good holiday too. Thanks. I'm heading to Japan. Someone says, Jesse, you should be aware that for a big proportion of the demographic listening to your show, that describing yourself as awesome does not come across how you intended. It was your answer to Marama asking how you were. Yeah, so I'm flying to Japan in the morning with my wife, so I am feeling awesome. Can I just say one quick thing before we finish? Yeah. When I did my TV review with you a couple of weeks ago, Mm. I mentioned uh, Charles Milgram. I got my uh, sociological experiments mixed up. I didn't know that. I I didn't want to call you on it. I appreciate that. I was a bit flustered in the moment, but I just wanted to acknowledge and correct that. (laughs) The general general thesis was... was, But I got my names wrong. We should have um, 10 minutes on a Friday for corrections where we're going to (laughs) have guests and myself back and all the mistakes we made during the week we fess up, sort of like... um, like they do in the paper sometimes. Corrections. Thank you. Dom Corrie, fantastic job. 